Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Okay, in part two with little brother Beautiful Hair, uh, his actual name is Josh, uh, we get into issues he's organizing around at SF State. When he was saying basic needs, I thought he was referring to an amorphous concept. I was floored that that is a capital I issue at universities in California. Good grief. When you got here, you said that one of the biggest differences that you were able to experience was uh, like being exposed to different cultures, um, different cuisines. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other differences um, that you took note of or, you know, got you excited when you moved (laughs) here uh, from from the OC? I mean, honestly, just being able to, I guess, being able to identify as bisexual Mm. was very much a game changer. I think when I came here, cause I felt like this is a welcoming community. Um, cause you know, in orange County, let's just say they're not very supportive. Um, they're very much like, Oh, he's the gay kid. Mm -hmm. That's the lesbian. That's the bi kid. Mm. Um, and that's the kid who is a woman, but is really a man. Mm. It was very much like those people are like the, the example mm. LGBTQ people. Mm. Um, but here I was, you know, that's when I fully came out. I was as able- bisexual. Yes. As oh, bisexual. I thought you were gay. No, I'm bisexual. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad we straightened um, that out. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. No, I'll, I'll just say I'm mostly gay. Sure, sure, sure. I like men the most. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's right. It's a great Not straight men, though. No. <laughs> yeah, no, because they're dumb. Um, oh. We don't stand. Um, so ghetto liking straight uh, men. You're so much better off. <laughs> But I mean, I think here I was fully able to kind of like hit the refresh page, mm-hmm. kind of like you know, I can in terms of establishing who you are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was very able to feel like I'm an, I'm a full individual. I can be who I want and do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm an adult, so like that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> um, right. But just being able to identify as I and be who I am, mm-hmm. and you know, experience being in my first you know male relationship, mm-hmm. being a, you know kissing a guy for the first time i was like what is like yeah. am i am i doing this right um because i remember when i like, kissed a girl i was like all right this is, you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> no shade to her she was a nice person sure. but i'm like eh, well you're like mm, something's missing. that's okay but like i want to see what the, the the other side of the spectrum yeah, is <laughs> um but yeah it was it was definitely and i felt like it was an environment that i could really kind of blend in with Mm. and because i didn't want to be that you know that person from orange county sure so i think i kind of shed that kind of that skin of being afraid of being who i am and you know still to this day i'm it's it's still weird saying that i'm bisexual to other people who i'm not not close with the most bisexual city in america i know i know but i mean it's just those oc roots of like oh i don't want anyone to know oh Um, really yeah and it was it i mean there's like little tiny bubbles of like where it's okay. I think mm. in Orange County, especially when you get to like, you know, more Santa Ana, like more, you know, more democratic areas. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, my area, 
was very Republican. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ugh. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just not a good trait to be looked upon, I, I think, see. for a lot of people. Um, just because they didn't know anything about it, you know. Sure. They didn't teach anything about gay, anything in like sex ed. And mm-hmm. with friend groups, it was, you know, more of the hush-hush kind of situation. Sure. So, I mean, even now, I'm like, I'm just coming to terms with that. I think just being able to say like, oh, yeah, I'm bi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier with like, friends but i think it's like when i'm just saying it openly it's like i'm always like a little nervous and tense about is someone gonna you know be like ew or is someone gonna be like eh okay i'm gonna look at you differently and i think it's just those like you know mental barriers that i'm still getting over sure um but we're working on them sure of course (laughs) what other ways do you think that you were able not do you think and what other ways were you able to establish yourself anew in san francisco when you got here um I think I think just it was a newfound sense of independence. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very dependent on my mom when I was growing up, and at the same time, I still felt very independent with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So that you know, I was getting involved in like you know in high school, but then when I was here, I was like, I can. Like I was saying before, I can do anything I want. Mm. I can focus. I'm in college. I can get involved in clubs. I can get involved in you know political organizing. I can get involved in anything I set my mind to because this is San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So it's like anything's accepted. Sure. Um, And you know, next thing you know, a year later I was getting involved in SF Bernie Kratz. Mm. And that's kind of like, I think the official start to when I got, was starting to get involved. Mm. Um, There's a few things I did, but this, that was like the first like community political organizing that I think I was Mm. getting in touch with. Okay. So we're going to get back there, but I've, okay. In my brain, I I'm hopping around because that's, (laughs) Uh, there's a bunny rabbit in my brain so when how did how did you navigate moving here very expensive city (laughs) to go to college and you came from such a low-income background was it like was what did you were you did you have the understanding that like i'm totally on my own i gotta figure it out did you have a tiny bit of support from family like how did you navigate because that's not easy if you even if you you know come from like middle income background or what you know what i mean like it, that's yeah. not easy so how did you well that? <laughs> we're still gonna find out how the student loan process goes because sure, sure. you know i know there's like a, a period of time after you graduate where you're like we'll let you figure it out yeah, yeah. and then we'll start charging interest yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm like we'll see in mm-hmm. a few years how that goes sure. um but i mean i did get i i mean i have a lot of student loan debt yeah so right now i think it's like sixty thousand. I don't know how I'm going to pay that back. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. come on, Joe, let's sign that executive order. Um, <laughs> right, <hello>. please. <laughs> right. But I think, you know, I was able to be supported in quotes sure. by, by student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have to worry about that. And because I lived on campus for two years, my first two years, um, there wasn't that much of a struggle, but by then I already had known people who I wanted to maybe live with. So that third year and then, um, until now I'm like living with my partner's family. But, um, in that third year I was living in Park Merced and Mm. I was living on my own off campus. Mm. So that was an experience. Sure. Um, and living with so many people was definitely a new experience. Sure. Um, had five roommates. <laughs> wow. Uh, in a two bedroom house. So uh, it was a little spicy little, in there little with tight. one bathroom. So. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Good grief. But yeah. Did it, you go ahead? No, it was, it was just saying it's, it's a, it, it was a, it was a rough transition, but I think because, you know, even when I was younger, my mom was very open about like financial situation. Like what, here's the breakdown of like how much rent is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really like, 
<laughs> mastered my Zillow house searching skills. So. Don't you love that right now these Zestimates are dry snitching? Oh, it's yes. Like, oh, honey, you think you're getting $5,000 for that? The Zestimate says I'm like, let me check 25. Trulia first. That's right. <laughs> let me check Redfin. That's and right. then we'll get around to back we'll to talk. Zillow. Yeah. yeah, but no, I think that knowing that and my mom was very open about that has kind of helped me with sf's like bad shit crazy housing market Mm -hmm. um so that is good and bad because it was good because i knew how to be independent that way but bad because a lot of other people didn't know how to be independent in sf so when i was living in my off-campus place i was the one doing everything like Mm. finances the budget for everybody for everybody wow because because you were still only, learning yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, how to become independent yeah. um and that was a hot mess so wow let's just say i'm glad that i don't live with four other people that you that have many to, people anymore yeah um, and right. it's very changed my perspective of like i don't want to live with any more than three other people sure of course because that's just a lot less drama you got to deal with yeah, a lot less right. money you got to deal with so ugh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just ugh. yeah that's right did you work your way through school? Are you did you slash are you working your way through school? Uh, yes and no. Um, working, I've been. I mean, I've been in. I've been in student government for three years now, so mm-hmm. that does have a stipend. Um, so it does help a lot, mm-hmm. but it doesn't pay all the bills sometimes. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and I have had part time jobs like here and there. I worked at like Hollister. I worked at a like a local a local shop that was like a kid Why store. Why weren't you a hair model so uh, that you, you can know, be a millionaire? our self-growth was not at that point yet um <laughs> he flipped his hair um but hey well he, hey i'm still young i we still got some years we'll see what happens i'm just letting you know right now <laughs> honey you could be a shea moisture model okay you gotta look to you got a little bit of a tent the, the, the curls are the juicy you could yeah we'll be the we'll be that target poster model yeah, on that little, right. little sephora zone <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. um we'll see you know sure, we sure, still sure. got some years to, <laughs> to be young um <laughs> so silly. yeah um okay when you started at uh when you started at sf state did you still did you still carry that um same kind of we're on to something kind of political I don't know, fervor, mm-hmm. excitement, twinkle in your eye when you got to SF State, which prompted you to be into government? Yeah. And I think the biggest struggle for me, not only then, but like still little parts of it today is like, how do I move from little old me to like dealing with like the behemoth that is San Francisco politics? What do you mean when you say that? I think I know what you mean, but like, tell people what you mean. I mean, I still say this to today, mm-hmm. but like, I know where I want to go, but I have no idea how to get there. Where do you want to go, honey? We can. We I mean, we'll let's for the dream job. My dream is, I mean, I'm a policy wonk. I love looking at policy. I love it, like legislation. Mm. So to be, you know, to be able to serve other people and like, you know, either a position in local government, mm-hmm. um, either it's like the supervisor level mm-hmm. or would that be, you know, state assembly, state senate. Come on. That would be Josh for <laughs> states. I would canvas for you. Yeah. Yes. And let's just say the, the Scott Wiener debates would be funny. <laughs> um, yeah. But hi, Scott. I know we just lobbied together, but hi. Um, Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Well, in my position now in student government, mm-hmm. it's um, I'm the VP of external affairs. So <laughs> You better be. You better have a title. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hi. Um, but 
a lot of the work that we do is just advocating on behalf of students, mm. um, fighting for student needs and basic needs, especially, which, you know, I think my life is experience sure. has definitely shaped me up to be able to advocate for basic needs. Sure. Um, but I think just, you know, just going back to like, how do I get involved mm-hmm. is so difficult. You know, I was a part of campaigns, but I was more like, me just volunteering by myself of like, you know, I volunteered when I was 17 for the Bernie campaign. I was like, I'm going to knock on these people's doors. Mm -hmm. And that was in Orange County. And I was like, no, (laughs) Um, everyone was like, I'm not voting for some damn socialist. I'm like, I was like, Oh God. So I did not like that. (laughs) That was my first time lit dropping. Wow. Um, and canvassing. So that was fun. Uh, but then I, I volunteered for Mark Leno's campaign Hmm. Um, and that was interesting. It was to be able to meet so many different people and I, I still felt like I was getting there, but I wasn't like part of the campaign. Mm. So I felt like it was getting on to what I wanted to do, but not exactly there. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that same time, that's when I started getting involved in student government mm. because that happened in 2018 mm-hmm. and that was in the summer of 2018. Um, and then it was the fall of 2018 mm-hmm. that I got involved in associated students and I was appointed to a position and then able to, you know, kind of learn, you know, parliamentary procedure, mm. learn how to be a servant leader. Mm-hmm. Learn, it's kind of like a good, like, I think like pipeline of like resources of mm-hmm. just like learning how to self, like learning self growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it was, you know, I want, I ran for student government again, like mm-hmm. at my first actual election, mm-hmm. I thankfully won. Um, mm-hmm. and then ran again the following year, uh, for the position I'm in now. And, you know, we're running for things in the future. So right. we'll see. Well, <laughs> you got eight, you're eight M too, right? You got, yeah, so that was, that's much more recent. Yeah. I was, uh, I ran for the eight M's elections too. Um, Which and is a shit show, that was a whole experience. Yeah. An entire experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. but I think just through my student government experience has definitely taught me like, Oh yeah, this, I know that I want to do this. And I know that I, you know, what about it? Do you like so much that has you like, yes, I want to do this. Whereas your brother's <laughs> like, I'm not saying that you and your brother have to be yeah. alike, but I'm just saying, what is the difference, do you think, in terms of your approach, your idea, your experience, that where you're like, this is an arena that I want to be yeah. involved in and maybe affect some change in, whereas, like, you know, just using your brother as an example, is just like, <laughs> they're never going to change. Like, fuck these yeah. guys, whatever. Who cares? I mean, I think you find when you're when you get involved the circles are pretty small when it comes to how many people it takes to actually create change. Hmm. Um, and I saw myself as, you know, taking from what my life has been so far Mm -hmm. and being able to advocate for others, I think has always been appealing Hmm. uh, because not only does it, you know, it's weird because I've, I've like, (laughs) I've generalized anxiety disorder, but I'm like, let me run for office. (laughs) So (laughs) that's always a battle. But I think Mm. being able to speak on the issues and the substance Mm. is like what drives me because Mm. I can like take these numbers and I can take like stories Mm. and say like, you know, show people like this is what's happening Mm -hmm. and this is why we need to change. Mm. And I think even more now I'm realizing that really what our, our government is and our systems are is just what people allow them to be. So, so it's like, if, if I'm able to be that voice mm-hmm. and, you know, amplify and empower other people mm-hmm. to say, this is what needs to change, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm, I'm going to put aside my, my fears, my anxieties, huh. because 
I am helping other people. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a two way road. Definitely. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that's just, I think it's what I'm just drawn to, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm still helping other people and like empowering them to also to get involved. Mm. Um, and I think honestly, I think that's what we need in not only like San Francisco or California, but just in this country Mm -hmm. is just young people getting involved. Mm -hmm. Um, and I never thought I would be that person be like, Oh, I'm super young and involved. And I still, (laughs) I still sometimes forget like, um, how far I've come. Mm. Um, cause you know, like just the other day I was, you know, I was in a meeting with like a state, a state assembly member advocating for students' rights and Mm. for, you know, basic needs. And I'm sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, like (laughs) I'm in a meeting with like (laughs) people who were elected by like 200,000 votes. And I'm like, it's it's just crazy that like that, I guess, um, I guess just the, how far I've come, I guess is just the best way to put it is what are you most proud of when you think about how far you've come? Um, I mean, not to be selfish, but like, bitch, I'm I, asking you to <laughs> go off about yourself. Be no, selfish. Honestly, I'm, I'm just, I'm proud. of. I didn't my, mean to call you a bitch. I'm no, no, that's fine. I, okay. I, he gets, I'm going to say bitch all the time. Okay. Uh, so, like bitch you. girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm just proud of how far I've come, you know, thinking about where I was when I was 16, um, which just is? getting involved, like not knowing anything, mm-hmm. just being like, what's American politics mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to now knowing like the fundamental, you know, ideological differences and allegiances and mm-hmm. like the whole entire structure of our government mm-hmm. is like, I really did do all that. I really mm-hmm. did learn all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really am about to get my bachelor's degree. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's crazy to sound like to hear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did those four years go? Mm-hmm. But I think just, being able to do that and you know i sometimes look around me and i see other students who are you know who were involved like just as active and involved as i was Mm -hmm. but kind of faded out Mm. but i'm still here why do you think they faded out and you're still here i think it's just because it's intense i think Uh, you know mm. especially with student government sf state is a whole nother beast compared to the other colleges Mm. because you know we were the ones who who were striking for ethnic studies Mm -hmm. that's our history Mm -hmm. and we're keeping that up Mm -hmm. you know a lot of the things we like to say is like, we're not over here making posters. Ooh. We're, you know, we're dealing with millions of student dollars mm-hmm. in student fees, mm-hmm. deciding where we invest that and how do we support students that way. And mm-hmm. I think being able to have that perspective of how powerful mm-hmm. that is and mm-hmm. like, you know, how just the smallest thing of what we can do mm-hmm. can, you know, help save someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, being able to talk about the fact that we need more like crisis housing for hmm. students to stay. What do you mean? Tell park right there for a second. Tell us, <laughs> tell us about that. About crisis housing. Yep. Or, um, I mean right now we have this thing called a program called Gator crisis housing, mm-hmm. um, that we pushed for, we helped kind of craft with our administration. Mm-hmm. And now we have, I think it's, but what well, is it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically, um, a place for students to stay if they're either homeless or they are in like a rough spot where they're between houses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, a resource for them to be able to stay um, and kind of transition them into a more stable form of housing. Huh. Um, SF State is sadly usually the, the the school in the CSU experiencing the worst of the basic needs problems huh. because it's so expensive. Uh. So like in, I think it was in 2019, uh, st- surveys and studies were showing that, you know, half of our students are food insecure. Huh. 50%. D- like while they're attending. Yes. Well, so, how? you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's Not because. Not how, um, yeah. but you, you, go ahead, I'm sorry. But I mean, it's just because those services and resources aren't as best as they could be. 
and you know it's our job to make sure that they are and push the admin to do so mm. um what are some of the other can you talk when i i, I just assumed what you meant by basic needs mm-hmm. but i don't think i actually understand <laughs> can you can you can you yeah help us understand uh what what is that is that like a movement? What is what is it composed? Of? Like, what are the high, biggest issues in it? Like, yeah. tell me. I think, um, especially in, when it comes to college, it's I think it's a more prevalent issue because you know we're young adults and we haven't found our footing yet, and we're kind of like in between being dependent on our parents or our guardians to oh my god, being an adult. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of students are, fall through the gap when it comes to you know, finding a, a stable, a stable house to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost 20% of our students are housing insecure. Mm. And so that can mean anything from, you know, sleeping in your car mm. to sleeping in the streets. Mm. So while you're a student. Yes. Wow. So, I mean, there's, I mean, just basic needs in general is pre COVID and post COVID are different things. Pre COVID basic needs mainly, real, um, like was surrounded by you know food security and housing security there's like the main two things Mm because it's just like that's what you need to survive hello um but through covid we've definitely found ourselves um and you know basic needs is much more than that it is you know it's also economic security because thousands of students lost their jobs because they had to move back home yeah um and the other part is you know internet access and i think before we're like, yeah, yeah, internet access. But now it's like, well, we need internet to do anything That's right. in college. That's right. Because everything's shut down. So being able to have those resources is what is just not even like helping you succeed, but just to get to like the starting point huh. of being able to be a student. Huh. You know, I think one of the biggest arguments that we have when we go to the, these advocacy meetings mm-hmm. is students should be thinking about, you know, when they're in their classroom hopefully post COVID in a few months. Yeah. Yeah. When they're in the classroom, they should be thinking, Oh, I need to study for this test tomorrow. I need to talk to my friends to see what, you know, what some key terms to learn, all these different things. They should not be thinking about I'm starving. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to eat. tomorrow. I don't, you know, I have $2 for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, there was one situation with a student who reached out to me and they're like, I'm sleeping in my car with my mom and she's abusive. Wow. And so it's like, how do you support them through that? Yeah. Especially in San Francisco where everything is like 10 times yeah. as expensive yeah. as it should be. That's right. Um, but just being able to support them that way. So mm. basic needs, I think in general is just a discussion about how do we get po- students to think about being students. Sure. And because, you know, when you're going to college, you're usually bringing all those issues from home. Mm-hmm. And how do we separate that mm. and make sure that, you know, as a student, you're supported, you are, you know, you you have, like, access to food and you have access to secure and safe housing. Mm. Um, because there's everything in San Francisco is kind of working against that. Yeah, that's right. Were you involved in the... I don't know if battle is too dramatic of a word, but were you involved the in negotiations. the thank you negotiations um, for that? Not or, initially. Mm. That, was, that was more on the administrative side. So there's like, there's a program called health promotion and wellness. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an auxiliary organization, mm-hmm. um, like another organization on the campus, kind of like student government. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are the ones who actually had to buy the housing. There were, cause there are two dorms. Mm-hmm. They had to buy them from the university mm-hmm. and then provide them as, you know, like you can sign up to stay there. So gotcha. it's a whole mess. Mm. The bureaucracy of it all is sure. like a disaster, mm-hmm. but in general it's, you know, 
that crisis housing is, you know, a place to stay for three weeks for students to be able to like pull themselves together, yeah. have access to those resources and services. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, recently just hired like a, a housing coordinator so mm-hmm. that they can find them like secure housing, sure. like, you know, fastly because, you know, here it's like, I mean, pre-COVID, it was like, you saw a house for rent for one day, and then it's gone. Yeah, that's right. Especially the nice ones and the affordable ones. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to go see that. And like, you'll message the the landlord, and he's like, like, oh, sorry, it's already gone. It's been taken. Yep. I just said posted zero days ago. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. Like, how? That's right. Yeah. Have you been involved in, or have you been involved in, or can you describe some of the negotiations or battles that you've been involved in uh during your time with student government like i don't know if this is regarding basic needs or not but talk to us about that i think this year Mm. this past year has been just one of the most difficult and stressful (gasps) ones you know when we're not going through a mental no not a mental um yes we're going through a mental health crisis girl yes yes but that's you know i'm i was gonna say when we're not going we're not only going through a pandemic we're going through epidemics of several different things of you know Mm -hmm. we have a climate crisis Uh we have a mental health crisis Mm -hmm. we have a housing crisis Uh we have affordability crisis Uh and on top of that you know we have different movements that are like you know, the Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. was right in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we have so many different perspectives and changes and like pushing and pulling. It's, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, it's it's hard because when you're in student government, it's like you want to be able to solve these issues, mm-hmm. but you have to like acknowledge your limitations. Mm. And I think, especially as students, it's like, you know, one of the things like our AS president says is, you know, we're all, we're not the UN or we're <laughs> student government. So, you know, while there's big issues to discuss, it's mm-hmm. like, how do we solve these problems with real change yeah. and like not more so like opinions, I guess, sure. of like, you know, like this is how we feel, but mm-hmm. like, how is that going to help students? Right, right, right. But yeah. Ineffective nonsense. Yeah. So I think right now it's, you know, basic needs has continued to be a growing issue in the mm-hmm. past few years, mm-hmm. especially as college gets more expensive and as California gets more expensive. How much is SF State's tuition for in-state? Um, in-state is about seventy-two hundred um, a year. A year. Okay. So it's Not it's bad. pretty good. It's just the housing costs that course, is the most way expensive. More so than that. the total cost of attendance is about thirty thousand dollars a year. <sighs> And most of that coming from housing. Yeah. Wow. Um, so so it, it's a lot. Um, that's not including for international students or sure. students out of state. Sure. That they pull, they pay, they pay the full price, yeah. which is I think an extra like ten thousand on top of that. Mm. So it ain't pretty. No. Um. Not. But yeah, I think as we're going through this and kind of trying to find what can student government do mm-hmm. when it comes to the black lives matter movement, mm-hmm. what can we do when it comes to like that situation with the international students mm-hmm. with the revoking visas? Ooh. Um, it's like, how do we solve that when we're, we barely have any jurisdiction, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then the, of course, even in these, these big topics, there's still divisions, you know, like sure. when it comes, when it comes to policing, we have UPD which is the university police department. Mm-hmm. How do we deal with that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we push for them to reform and change? Mm-hmm. And, you know, also talk about different perspectives of what policing is, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know, there's kind of like four different camps of p- opinions on police, mm-hmm. when it, at least from what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. There's 
the status quo people who don't want to change anything. Yeah. There's the reform. Mm -hmm. Then there's the, well, yeah, there's the, there's status quo reform. There's defund. Mm -hmm. And then there's abolish. Mm -hmm. So for SF state, we're the most like, we're one of the most radical CSUs. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of debating between defund and abolish. Mm -hmm. Um, and we eventually sided with, you know, kind of both, mm. like defunding and then eventually abolish. Defunding on the road to abolition. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. And so. I think, you know, trying to represent that, especially statewide, because, you know, we're talking with other CSUs, like, and there's, you know, campuses like Fresno, campuses like San Bernardino, who are like, <laughs> we're not defunding the police. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's just, it's a hard conversation to have because it's, you know, it's, it's so many different opinions with almost 500,000 students in this system mm -hmm. of like, how do we find the best solution mm -hmm. and how much can we do in just a few years? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like for me, I'm graduating. If I don't get into grad school, then I'm like, Oh, well, my student government days are up. Mm. Um, and like how much change do I really have in that whole system? Sure. But it's difficult, but I think, you know, it, it makes you resilient. So I'm hoping that <laughs> I can learn, keep learning, sure. keep having these learning experiences. Sure. Sure. But yeah, that's hard. Mm. Student government is, you know, is politics on a smaller stage. I call it local, local government. There we go. <laughs> how is your experience in local, local government? How does that influence how you understand or analyze like politics, American politics writ large? Like, talk to me about that kind of similar to like you know how there's no left versus right mm -hmm. it's there's always two different perspectives or more mm -hmm. um i think at the end of the day it comes down to how willing are we to look at what is mm. and i guess what is possible ha! <laughs> do it because Take us there i mean I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day. Also, is my yelling making your no, no, anxiety no. bad? No, I love it. Okay. Energy, energy, <laughs> energy. <laughs> um, no, I think at the end of the day, it's like I hear people like Senator Mike Lee from the, mm -hmm. the state of Utah mm -hmm. <laughs> um, say that, you know, the federal debt is going to be so bad that everyone's going to feel it. It's like, well, it's like, fuck off, sir. No, it's like, not. Are they going to feel it as much as starving in the streets? But also that's a false frame of yeah, yeah. federal debt. But, but yeah, go yeah. ahead, you go. Up, but right? I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's just really kind of taking us back to like, what are we actually going to do to solve the problem? Because mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of these people, and this might just be my, for me learning in college and being hopefully not naive, but just young and optimistic mm -hmm. of like, these problems that you say that are quote holding us back, you know, when it comes to like, sp like, you know, deficits and spending and resources, it's like at the end of the day, if you don't want to change things, then you're willingly continuing to hurt people. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens at every single level of government. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when, in terms of student government, it's like, it's a lot less so, than like let's say the federal government sure. but still at this at the same time you you see it right in front of you students struggling mm -hmm. and you see that you know whatever whatever this thing is happening right now mm -hmm. it's not working mm -hmm. for not not only like a few people mm -hmm. but for most students it's not mm -hmm. working so 
I think it's just, uh, it's just honestly. Do you extrapolate that to, to broader society that whatever yeah. this is, it's not working for most Yeah. People? And I think it's, you, you look at what we have now and it's saying what we're doing is not working for most people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, I mean, we're very privileged to live in the state of California that is like very wealthy very privileged what are you saying you can't just say that you told me you grew up and had to spend time in a hotel because of housing i mean i I understand the point you're making but let's not over egg the pudding no i know i know i'm saying we are lucky to live in a state that has the resources Mm -hmm. the main problem is that we don't have the political uh, not we but the people in power don't have the political will or effort to be able to actually fundamentally change things Mm -hmm. because i mean most people are uncomfortable with change Mm -hmm. so yeah it's uncomfortable but we have to put things in perspective Mm -hmm. you know for me i'm always like take a step back Mm -hmm. you know because usually when we're like like this mic like right up in my face (laughs) um you got to take a step back and really look at things from different perspectives Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day a lot of people in power have never dealt with a lot of the things that working people do mm-hmm. or that are going through mm-hmm. or if they have they're mm-hmm. usually in office for so long that right. they forget that. yeah that's right so for me it's like you know look at what we're experiencing now mm-hmm. you can never forget the fact that you know we have to i mean this is my perspective of always looking at things from the person with the least amount of privilege and wealth and who's most vulnerable mm-hmm. And how is that person going to, you know, how are we going to benefit that person? Because if we're, you know, tide lifts all boats, Mm -hmm. if we're going to be able to support that person, that's going to lift everybody up. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to, you know, let's just keep it like relevant. Like with the the whole debate about the minimum wage, Mm -hmm. are we going to let a parliamentarian, bitch, a parliamentarian (laughs) who nobody knows, who don't know? We don't never come up in the news when we got to give banks billions of dollars. I ain't never heard a parliamentarian. I had to be like, I, 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 I don't yeah. know if we could do Who gives a fuck? Nobody voted for you. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Are we going to let a parliamentarian who nobody knows, who was not elected, who and who has no real constituency or power, come on, be able to deny living wages for millions yeah. not not like not 10 people that's right. not 500 people that's right millions of people across our country that's right. and force them to continue working in poverty wages right. are we gonna let you know a senator from west, west virginia, virginia mm-hmm. or arizona mm-hmm. who's wearing like little cutesy boots the boots wasn't even that down. cute girl <laughs> go ahead uh-huh. um continue to keep everything that we want that the majority of people want and that advocate for, are we going to let that prohibit us because of what we think can happen? Or are we going to start changing our perspective and say, what needs to happen to we be able to support people? We change our perspective. <laughs> we are clear. No, I know we are. Yeah, us yeah. in San Francisco are like, no, but yeah. not even San Francisco. Every, <laughs> the majority of Americans are clear that that is something that needs to happen. Yes. So that's not but, a that's not a we problem. That is it, a we not on their ass enough problem, and that's yes. why we didn't get that vote. Uh-huh. I agree, and I think, um, just honestly, everything. If you, you just got to take it into perspective, and are you going to let whatever is today mm-hmm. gonna affect you know the possibilities and opportunities of tomorrow Ooh, i like that but say that in a different way because i sound poetic say it again but say it in a, in a say it again in a real way no 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 no, no. <laughs> say it say, just say it again because i like the way you are we going sounded. to let the problems of today keeping us to keep us from the problems of tomorrow no 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 you said no, possibility. no, no. that's wrong yeah um run it from the top honey uh-huh <laughs> 
are we gonna let the problems of today keep us from achieving the possibilities of tomorrow ha! but explain what you mean what i mean mm-hmm. is we got a lot of problems mm-hmm. and talking about the problems that we have today is not going to solve the problems of tomorrow mm. also keeping the people in power who created the problems that we have today mm. is not going to solve the problems mm. of yesterday today or tomorrow mm. so you know but going full circle again we were just making circles up in here <laughs> um Electing young people is what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We have to put people who are actually experiencing th- these things in real time mm-hmm. to address the crises that we have. Because that is, that you know, is, young people hold the possibility of tomorrow. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, Joe Biden. <laughs> Run it down. Joe Biden. I, um, if, yes. Just say it. Just say he's, it. He's, just say it. He ain't shit go he's ahead he's a republican that's right that's right um, that's but he is he has all of the opportunities all of the possibilities mm-hmm. and he has the solutions with the stroke of his pen and that's it mm-hmm. we we as progressives mm-hmm. bared the brunt of having to check his ugly ass name on the ballot <laughs> on the ballot just to get him in this spot so mm-hmm. we can you know defeat the racist mm-hmm. but it's like that doesn't mean, Papa Joe, that you gotta, you, you cannot change, you, like, you can't take us for granted. And but I he think absolutely does. He absolutely does. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, we have to face the reality of, you know, if, if he doesn't do that, mm-hmm. he's not going to get reelected. You know, Kamala's not going to get reelected after that. Correct. We're going to lose Congress. We're yeah. going to lose everything because we had the opportunity. We had mm-hmm. the resources mm-hmm. and we had the energy and mm-hmm. passion behind mm-hmm. doing a lot of these big changes mm-hmm. and we didn't do anything. Now, when you say we didn't do anything, what do you mean? I mean, um, not the activists or organizers, because we're always doing that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the people in power that we organized or sometimes compromised for, Mm -hmm. we put them in those positions and they consistently let us down. So for for me, and my perspective is like, we have to elect people like Jackie Fielder, Uh people like Bernie Sanders, people Mm -hmm. like AOC, Mm -hmm. like uh, Rashida Tlaib, Mm -hmm. like Ilhan Omar, all of these progressive people Mm -hmm. who are saying we're not willing to stand by the sidelines and let these happen Mm -hmm. we're willing to make our voices heard Mm -hmm. put our political careers on the line why do you think that electing more progressives is the solution or or in what ways is that a solution because what i and i and i ask that because Mm -hmm. you know if we're if we're just what brought us together if we're just taking (laughs) bernie for a second yeah like he you, there's no way to to take out the pandemic from its effect on the uh, on the primary, but mm-hmm. one could argue that even absent a pandemic, he you know whatever you know the 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 night of the long knives that happened after South Carolina, like that's what did him in. Yeah. But but there are I think there are reasonable arguments or reasonable questions raised about why not take your movement and the support that you have to, you know, uh, you know, go third party in order to really extract some concessions from the Democratic Party in 2020 in particular. Like, why not do that? Why was it more important? This is just what it looks like yeah. to some people, including me. Why was it more important to to be a team player? Fall in line. And fall in line with one Joe Joseph Robinette Biden <laughs> who does not support any any part of the Sanders agenda mm-hmm. um, that was so overwhelmingly po- like why was that more important than 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 causing some pain to the Democratic Party and maybe getting 
getting more than what you got. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, I mean, so much of what our problems are, Mm -hmm. I think are based around just the structure of what politics is right now. Sure. sure. Um, You know, when it comes to HR1, I think, you know, the For the People Act, those are the kind of changes that we need to see before we can even realistically conceptualize i think a lot of what we want to see why do you say that because right now everything is geared towards democrats versus republicans mm-hmm. and it's been that way since i don't know uh, up the, at least the past 100 years with the parties we have today sure and i think if we're unable to kind of change that rigid structure you know things like the filibuster are still intact you know the structures of the two-party system how we vote like you know we're luckily in San Francisco, we're here to have RCV so we can be able to choose different people we want to vote in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, our whole political government structure is broken. Mm-hmm. We look at the Senate who, you know, Democrats, it's 50, 50 Democrats have half the Senate, but they represent like 30 million more people. Mm-hmm. That's a broken system. Mm-hmm. We look at the two party system and we see that really, they're not that really different from mm-hmm. each other. That's right. They might, you know, on the face side of things like, Oh, we support gay rights. Woo. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going to vote just in line with the Republicans when right. it comes to bailing out the banks, yeah. when it comes to, supporting the military yeah that's when right. it comes to all supporting these the police <laughs> what, yeah the police all these different things it's like they're not willing to step out and that's why i'm saying you know we have to change our perspective of our limitations today because ah. in order to really see like a better future and mm-hmm. like you know different changes in the long run we have to put ourselves in that perspective we have to look down the road and not just like right in front of our face huh. of what's possible because you know people are like oh medicare for all impossible it's Mm -hmm. like looks around at literally every other developed country (laughs) like no it's not it's the way you're looking at it right now and Mm -hmm. it's because you know your wallets because of corporate greed because of how our election laws are and regulations are Mm -hmm. that you're bought by the you know the medical industry you're bought by the you know the healthcare industry Mm -hmm. so all these different things are influencing you Mm -hmm. and i think you know if we're not able to kind of change at least how we vote Mm -hmm. and how our elections are structured and how our government's structured Mm -hmm. we're none of that none of those things are going to change so i think when it comes to you know it seems simple but just just literally to how elections are conducted Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the most important aspects of how we accomplish a lot of those changes Mm. And, you know, for us young, for us youngins, we're here being like, you know, who cares about having, you know, two senators per state? Right. That does not working, clearly. Yeah, that's right. We haven't solved any major problem in the last 50 years yeah. because <laughs> y'all are bickering about gay rights. And that while that's absolutely crucial, mm-hmm. you all still fall in line because you're all the same economically. Mm. And we're seeing as, you know as inflation rises, the cost of living rises Mm -hmm. and wages stagnate, Mm -hmm. working people continue to go into poverty. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's becoming an issue that we need to address Mm -hmm. because as much as important as social issues are and vital that we are to have attention on them, it's like everything's paid attention to that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if people are not able to afford their bills and be able to pay their rent, Mm -hmm. pay for food Mm -hmm. and especially healthy food, it's like everything else falls apart. Because if you're, because at the end of the day, we're, we are animals yeah. and we're going to do everything we can to survive. That's right. So if we're not able to support, you know, and that's kind of like where, where, why I support basic needs initiatives so mm-hmm. much and why I've invested time to lot, to lobby and advocate for those is, you know, 
we start getting somewhere when people are happy and healthy huh. and able to have that clear mind. Huh. Because if we're not even there, hmm. nothing else is going to work That's out. That's right. Because we okay. can talk about all these different ideas, mm-hmm. these proposals, this legislation. I love legislation. I love policy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we're not changing things to, for the better mm-hmm. and restructuring our society mm-hmm. to actually represent working people mm. who are the overwhelming majority of Americans, mm. then we're not doing our jobs mm. and we're not doing structural change that will that will generate you know Mm. structural like i guess i don't even know but better policies and and politics that will actually support people Mm. now talk because you're because i would like to understand through your eyes because you're young and you've not (laughs) yet been like completely jaded or cynical uh, and then we will get back to the thing that you know i want to understand what your perception of things Mm -hmm. have been from 26 on but What it talk, talk, you said, I'm going to butcher it, but you said, like, don't let the problems of today get obscure what is possible for in the future. Mm-hmm. What, how, what is, describe for me, talk to me about what is the future that you want to work toward creating? What does that look like? What does it feel like? How does it work? <laughs> I mean, I can see why you asked it the, the way that you did. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, honestly, for me, I look, I I look forward to hopefully having a society where it really is kind of a community, mm. and we're we're able to feel happy, safe, and secure mm. in all parts of our community, mm. um, and we're actually able to have educated, thorough discussions about real problems. Mm. Because so much of these, you know, insert political issue here mm-hmm. is talking about like the symptoms of a problem mm-hmm. i think that's one of the things that comes up often like when it comes to police mm-hmm. is you know crime is never the real problem it's a symptom yeah of need that's right and i hopefully am looking forward to a possibility of the you know the future being you know everyone has what they need to at least survive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, of course there's much more that I want for that. You know, I yep. want, I want everyone to be educated. I want everyone to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I want everyone, you know, I want us to invest in our futures, mm-hmm. our climate, mm-hmm. uh, our environment mm-hmm. and our healthcare and everything. But a lot of it, you know, is just kind of stunted by, you know, sometimes it's just by the budget mm-hmm. or by the money that we have. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's how we live our lives of like, I can't go and do that other thing. I can't take that class I want to take because mm-hmm. I have to pay rent mm-hmm. and I have to make sure my kids are fed. Mm-hmm. So and for me, I only have one. I have my cat, but like, yeah. you know, but it's still, you know, it's yeah. an expense. And I think that people, if we're able to get to that point where we can think about who we want to be mm, instead of what we have to be to yeah. pay the pills and yeah. to do everything that yeah. we need to do to survive. Yeah. That's the kind of future I want. And mm. I know that's going to be different for every person sure. of like, I don't want to be educated. I don't want to get a college degree. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well then go do what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Being able to do who you want. Or not do hey, you, do I mean, who yeah. you want to. Come on. That's a part of it. Uh-huh. Hey, I mean, yeah, do who you want, <laughs> but just be who you want to yeah. be and do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And as long as that's not hurting anybody else, mm-hmm. who are we to stop other people from wanting to do that? Yeah. that I think that's a society I want. I mm-hmm. want something that's, you know, supportive, that we have everything we need. If we're in a rough spot, we have people and resources and structures that mm-hmm. help support that, mm-hmm. a social safety net. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
a UBI would be nice. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, Listen. You know, if yeah. I'm like between jobs, I don't want to lose my health care. Yeah, I don't want to lose right. everything and yeah. have to go into debt just yeah. to do that because that's what happened for COVID. Yeah. Um, you had you had to go into debt? Oh, yeah. I was Because I, I lost, um, I had two jobs in my student government job and then I had, um, I worked at a uh, a kid's shop, a kid's shop in Hayes Valley. Mm-hmm. And that, w- that second one was, I was furloughed because, okay. um, I think from March until July, I wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, my student government job was paying for less than what my rent was. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was like, about you weren't a, able to apply for unemployment because of the, I mean, the way the student government works is it's a stipend because we're independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So. But you didn't file still? I tried to. Uh-huh. The system was very confusing. Sure. And as someone who had two jobs, I also, I was struggling with that. Uh-huh. And also as a student, often a lot of us are, un- are unavailable to be, un- or to file for unemployment. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, some of it, yeah, I think some of it benefited me that I didn't apply because then I would have had to pay taxes yeah, on it. Yeah, that's right. It's so it's cool. like. It's very damned if you do, damned if you don't. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but you were in a tight spot because of the pandemic. Like you're, yeah. I mean, I was. I'm lucky to have my mom who was, you know, helping me, sending me a few hundred bucks every month. Mm-hmm. Um, even then, though, just to cover my basic needs, I was. I by the by July, I was a thousand dollars in credit card debt. Oof, oof, so oof. doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're 20, yeah, no, that's, I'm like, yeah. oh, what? Right, right. Um, what is this? What I don't know how to pay this off. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I was using, you know, everything that I could to just survive yeah. you know including not eating as much yeah. like including let's not go to the store today we're having mac and cheese again yeah, um right. <laughs> so it, yeah it's just you know it's whatever you can to, to get by but i think looking forward in the future to make sure that everyone mm-hmm. doesn't have to go through that yeah and that's usually like what what i've found that has always driven me mm-hmm. is looking back at what i what happened with me and knowing that there's not only a lot of people but millions of people who we're so much worse off. Mm-hmm. That makes me, you know, can like my core message is always, I can't stop fighting because there's a lot of people who can't fight for themselves mm-hmm. and who are fighting to just survive. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I can, you know, take a break, relax for a little bit, but then I got to get back up and start fighting again. Mm-hmm. So that's always what my, my political drive is. Mm-mm-mm. So was that, is that, and you've been able to maintain that even in the wake of, you know, the ridiculous year that was 2020 politically? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I mean, I think in the past year I've had the most almost burnouts and I've ever had in my nah, life. from what? So, uh, just dealing with other <laughs> passionate people sure. who maybe disagree <laughs> with you. Um, sure, sure. and then also it's hard to acknowledge that as much as you want to, sometimes you can't solve problems. Mm. Um, like, you know, insert like again, like any political issue that's happened the past year, it's like, how do we solve that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes you have to say, I don't know, mm-hmm. or I can't do this by mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. So I think the point is just to find other people yeah. who agree with you, who, who will fight, who are willing to like, you know, fight along on the battlefront, like for these, so for so many issues mm-hmm. is you got to find your, like, your, your your squad yeah, and just being able to get that support that's right and be like i need to step back for a second because mm-hmm. i can't i can't i, I can't, can't do it all right can't now. do it all right now mm-hmm. so just find i think just finding your click and then being able to be like okay i'm back so you were so during the campaign you are very involved in student government you are a full-time student so that's mm-hmm. where the majority of your majority or all of your time and energy yeah. was spent 
Understandable. How did you find your way to Bernie Craft? Or how did Bernie Craft find their way to you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, maybe just the reality of, like, the fact that I'm graduating soon has definitely been, like, Hmm. you know, like a like a pat in the butt, like yeah. get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I tend to become very in, like deep invested in what I'm doing cause I want to be more involved in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but also acknowledging like, Hey, like you got a future to think about. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. only going to be here, you know, let's say like I graduate and I don't go to grad school. I only have two more months or three more months. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how are you going to transition? Like kind of like we were saying before, I know what I want to do, but I don't know how to get there. Mm. So, you know, I think it all comes down to, you know, what do we need to do to kind of find our place in, you know, this, this political world. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I was on and off involved with Bernie Kratz in my first two years of college and my first three. Um, but I think 2020 happened (laughs) and then that really just pushed me to be like, okay, you need to be directly involved because Mm -hmm. there's a lot more work that needs to be done. There's always more voices that need to be at the table. Mm -hmm. And I think that my voice is valuable Mm -hmm. and I think that I can help at least in some way Mm -hmm. to help drive this narrative forward. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's when I get, you know, I literally found out about like the Adams elections Mm -hmm. only a few months before they happened. I was like, I don't even know what this thing is, but then, you know, Brandon called me and he's like, yeah, like I, I'm like just like reaching out to the whole group like who's interested in running for ADAMS I'm like I don't know what the hell that is yeah, so I did a quick Google search and I was like oh my god like this could have a lot and then you know it's it's so localized that like you know maybe I'll have a chance and even though I'm like you know 22 um we'll see what happens <laughs> so you know I was getting involved in Bernie, much more in Bernie Kratz um I also got involved in a few other groups what other clubs um, are you involved in are you in, in milk New, yeah, I'm a, I'm a new member of Milk, uh-huh. um, Harvey Milk Club, and then um, I'm on the e-board for Latinx and Democrats, mm. so I got involved in that recently. Are they, is that chock full of moderates? Or is it like a... The Latinx Young Dems? Yeah, is it no, a... No, it's, it's, it's very progressive. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Um, we had uh, our... Co-pro- one of our co-presidents ran for ADAMS on the e- on 17. Mm-hmm. So she didn't she didn't win, uh, and she was also like 25, I think. Mm-hmm. But she's, Ooh, which one? uh carol ruiz okay okay. so she ran on that progressive slate Ugh, progressives did not do as well as i wanted them to no we got mopped uh we got mapped in san francisco That's but right. um but we still got appointed so we still- <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> um but i think just in bernie kratz i was you know it's always been a big group so i'm always i was very afraid to like step out and be like maybe i'll run for something sure, and then sure. claire was like if you don't run for this. Yeah, that's like, right. That's right. So I was like, okay, okay, if you if you insist. Yeah. But, you know, luckily I was elected and you know, it's been interesting, but I've I've found that, you know, a lot of even in these groups like where we're very organized, there's still a lot of structure that needs to be there. Oh, and yes. I think, <laughs> I think and finding new voices at the table is always important. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, me and you are the newbies yeah, that's for, right. for, for SF Bernie Kratz. Yeah, that's right. So we're able to bring that new perspective mm-hmm. and, you know, those loud voices. Mm-hmm. And Well, I'm loud. You're not loud. I'm loud. <laughs> you speak I, at a, in a reasonable time. I'd be the one hollering all pa- the time. I'll say passion. There we go. We 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 bring the passion because you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, kind of similar, like you know, the top of the California government where they all kind of like cycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like now, Gavin Newsom is governor. Right. Okay, he was already lieutenant, but okay. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, all these people are like, you know, they're looking for new leadership, mm-hmm. and so I, mm-hmm. I'm glad that we're able to be there for yeah. that, um, and kind of bring a new perspectives in there. What do you think it would take? 
or or what is your perception of other people your age and their willingness or desire to get involved in civic or political groups like what is the what are, what are some of the prevailing sentiments that's a good one um i've found even in like small spaces like a college campus mm-hmm. there is so much siloing hmm. and si- like everything is siloed um how and tell me what you mean by that and i mean i've learned that i learned that term in through like what I've been doing in student government, but a lot of like siloing is basically a lot of us are doing really, really good work. Mm -hmm. That's super important. Mm -hmm. And that's all pretty similar, Mm -hmm. but we're not reaching out to other people. We're Mm. not connecting Um, and networking. mm. So why? I think it's just because sometimes you just don't know what's, what else is happening. And I Mm -hmm. think not being a part of that same community, maybe having some wedge issues like, you know, and pettiness mm. is definitely something that I've found that has divided a lot of political groups in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but everywhere. Um, but it's talking about, you know, how do we bring each other together? Mm-hmm. And even though we have differences that maybe are subtle and less subtle, mm-hmm. um, how can we come together and still fight for the same thing? Mm-hmm. Because I think when it comes to, you know, different people, they're very passionate about the way they feel about things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, looking at how can we work together, respect each other's differences, but still be able to want the same thing. Mm. And it's hard. People do not like compromising, Mm -hmm. especially stubborn people. I think I'm pretty stubborn. So I'm like, I don't want to compromise. Like in some (laughs) things I'm like, like, no. Um, But I think just being able to come to the table and not let our personal feelings get in the way of the bigger picture. And this all kind of goes like the same thing. Stepping back Mm -hmm. and saying, is this pettiness? Is this, you know, bickering? Is it worth not coming together and Mm -hmm. organizing and Mm -hmm. fighting for what's right? Mm -hmm. Because we're the ones leading this fight Mm -hmm. for thousands of people who can't be at the table. Mm -hmm. So So am I understanding you to say that what your perception of what keeps more people your age from getting involved in civic or political groups is the, is, is being like pre turned off at the specter of like some infighting or pettiness Mm -hmm. or like, uh, clashing. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? I think that's all age groups. I think especially when it comes to young people is we already feel so left behind by everything. Hmm. Um, so what do you mean by that? You know, this, you know, we're kind of being handed so many crises. It's Mm. like y'all created these, like, you know, adding Joe Biden and like Nancy, um, (laughs) you created these problems. Mm -hmm. What makes you think you're going to solve them? Mm -hmm. Um, we have, like I was saying before, like the climate crisis, Mm -hmm. policing, Mm -hmm. um, healthcare, Mm -hmm. y'all support what's the status quo. Yeah. So y'all are not, you're not going to solve these problems. Mm -hmm. I think, but at the same time, those people are not always helping the younger generation come into their shoes. Mm. So, and this goes to back with like my experience with ADEMS is I am so lucky to be on a slate. Yeah. Because if I wasn't, I would have been dumbfounded by what was happening. I would have sure. not know what's happening. Yeah. I would have been like, why are people arguing with each other? Why are there so many slates? Right. Why is, why is everyone so mad? Right, right. <laughs> um, and... I think it's 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 creating that scenario where young people can have that ladder to to rise to mm-hmm. the occasion mm-hmm. or rise to like the moment mm-hmm. and being able to represent themselves mm-hmm. because right now it's structured that you know 
even in college, people mm. are dismissive of young people mm. all the time in mm. every space. Mm. So it's like, oh, like, you know, that's nice. Um, like patronizing. Like yeah, oh, absolutely. Your head, like, oh, bless No, it's like, heart. oh, that's nice, but I'm the adult here. Sure, sure. It's like, well, th- that happens even when, you know, like, for example, when, you know, Nancy Pelosi was you know being patronizing to aoc about yeah. how she stands on certain she's issues so, she's so salty about that girl Ooh. she's like oh they only have four votes well <laughs> now it's like seven right nancy and they could take your legislation gonna be 16 yeah. next year it's gonna be 32 <laughs> and you won't be able to do anything yeah that's right. so i think it's just it's am i understanding you to say that old hoes like myself <laughs> have not old hoes like myself and older we have not done there, they, we are not doing what needs to be done in terms of providing the apprenticeship, mm-hmm. infrastructure, mm-hmm. guidance, doulaing, I don't know, <laughs> of, of younger people to like bring them in and like help develop them and connect them and, you know, et cetera. Is, is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I think it's like D, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, people are, are just, you know, they, they go into these offices, especially mm-hmm. old, you're not, you're not old. I'm talking about like, you know, <laughs> I'm, talking, so sweet. <laughs> I'm talking about like the 70, sure, sure, 60 sure. year old people, yeah, yeah. white people in power yeah, um, right. of being like, I know what's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, excuse me. Right. Do you- <laughs> for like three months. You do you know what you're doing? Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's, it's like that where, you know, the, they think, oh, I'm right because I'm in this position, but it's like, <laughs> you're one person. Yeah, that's right. You know? Diane, <laughs> you represent forty million people. Yeah, um, you hugging Lindsey Graham maybe not be the best sight. So hey. it's like it's like, sweetie, <laughs> um, we we just have to be able to, like I said, separate our personal feelings about you know maybe political issues when it comes to the older people, the status quoers in office, mm-hmm. and being able to offer that louder mm-hmm. to the younger people because mm-hmm. then they're be then they're going to be able to actually rise to those positions mm-hmm. but right now we're seeing you know i think it's, it's iffy with california but like with term limits you know we see you know diane feinstein's thinking about running again and i'm like girl Bro, you will be 91 years it old not only it, if not, we can't mount a challenge to diane one foot in the crypt ass feinstein <laughs> in california we aren't worth a damn sorry well I, I still feel like I mean the, even the California Democratic Party endorsed Kevin DeLeon yeah, and she right. still won yeah, yeah, with yeah. like ten percent of the vote so right. um, or with like a ten percent margin but I but mean didn't, wasn't there a lot of like fuckery that went on with that I wasn't paying attention to that I don't race know. at all but there was there I probably mean, I'm sure there was because probably it's backroom era. deals yeah yeah that's right but I think you know I was disappointed by how Californians voted in 2020 what do you mean um proposition wise mainly oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i think i think it's 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 so hard to kind of figure out how we get out of this space because mm-hmm. we are so like deeply entrenched in so many problems mm-hmm. it's like you know you said you thrived in the rabbit hole but it's like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> everybody out of the we're all in hole. the rabbit hole here yeah, and yeah. um we just keep digging down deeper mm-hmm. but i think you know if if we're gonna find a way out of this it, the answer is bringing in more voices huh. with more perspectives, mm-hmm. younger voices mm-hmm. who are experiencing these problems firsthand mm-hmm. um, and more acutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. different, and just different people from different communities. I think, um, you know, we're just seeing 
now like you know the first the firstly elected transgender people get into office mm-hmm. the firstly elected you know gay or bisexual people you know alex lee mm-hmm. he's actually what inspired me to run for adams oh, because nice. he he won his his race in the assembly mm-hmm. um and he's the first i think openly bisexual state legislator he's not just gay he's he's bi Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. I thought he was just, I thought he was just <laughs> The gay. biphobia. Yes. Oh <laughs> the bi- bisexual invisibility. No. I thought he was just gay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's about uplifting. I think the youngest people mm-hmm. who have the most optimism, because I think, you know, as you get older, it's more like <laughs> no shade to older people, sure. but it's like you lose that, that, that drive and that passion mm-hmm. and optimism. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you, we see that in the policies that are passed hey. in our government today. So it's, it's hard. Sure. I think, and I think if we, you know, right now we do not support young people at mm, all. So, mm, mm, mm-hmm. you know, when they're not suffering from crippling loan debt, yeah, it's Hello. like they're not Trying. getting jobs because we're in a pandemic. Yep. They are... You know, we're lucky to be in California because we at least have some protections, but in a lot of other spaces, you yep. know, we are the most LGBTQ generation mm. and we're seeing still like states like Alabama mm. who are passing anti-trans laws mm. who are going backwards mm. and they're already at 1950. So I'm like, <laughs> you're going back to the 1930s. Mm. I'm like, stop, stop. Right, right, we're, going, right. <laughs> we're going in the wrong direction. Mm. I think um, it's just, it's just about finding the ways that we can get young people involved because that's so, so important. Mm. And also acknowledging the fact that a lot of their experiences is that their voice doesn't matter because we're reinforcing that with our actions and huh. with the, you know, what the older generations are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing we have to do is just bring a seat at the table because but what does that look, concretely? What does that, what does that mean? Does that mean I need to literally go set up a table at <laughs> SF state when you guys are back in camp? I mean, like, y- Hey, <laughs> join you youths. We're, we're hip. We're deck. Come yeah. and, and kick honestly, it. Yeah, it, it means it means like that. It means, you know, if it, it's talking about, you know, servant leadership is finding people who you know are good leaders mm. and who you know are are level-headed and, mm. are, and think about everyone else before themselves. Mm. And it's, you know, as someone who is in a position of privilege and power, it is up to that person mm-hmm. to uplift those voices mm. because you have to recognize, you know, the people who are doing the work and people who know what it's really like out there. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing that, then that's not leadership. Mm. So mm. I think it's just up to our leaders to help uplift those voices. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing that, then we got to vote them out. Mm. <laughs> Do you think, are there are there other ways to affect change in your in your view that that are like super electoral meaning outside of the electoral realm what do you mean like do you how do you think about um how do you think about the necessity of uh let's say like organizing like organizing labor as a means to affecting uh the the political wins in this country Mm -hmm. I think the I think the first step mm-hmm. is just being in solidarity with one another. Hmm. What does that mean? It it means, you know, I think one of the one of the things that we're finding out right now and you know, it's happening even at SF State, but it's happening as a like a, a national conversation is you know, let's take these two ethnic groups for example, talking about the black community and talking about the Asian community mm-hmm. and you know, 
in in the past they've butted heads because that's what the system aligned it to do mm-hmm. but we're finding now you know in the you know in in the presence of the black lives matter movement and now the hatred towards you know asian americans and pacific islanders because of covid mm-hmm. it's where you know it's up to our marginalized groups to find solidarity with one another mm-hmm. and saying you know i acknowledge your experience mm-hmm. i will never be able to experience that because that's just not my experience mm-hmm. but it's clear that we need to work together and that's mm-hmm. what i'm talking about the siloing is mm-hmm. saying we may not agree on everything mm-hmm. But it is up to us to band together mm-hmm. and force the people who are continuing to reinforce the system we have today mm-hmm. to be able to actually change and implement things to make mm-hmm. sure that these things never happen again. Mm-hmm. So changing, you know, how we educate our kids, changing how policing works mm-hmm. and what is what is what are police here to do, mm-hmm. I think is another another thing that especially with those two communities is very relevant of mm-hmm. like how can we be in solidarity with one another mm-hmm. and acknowledge our pain and our trauma mm-hmm. and then taking a step over that and mm-hmm. saying, okay, now we're, we're arm in arm and now we can actually go together and change these things. What are you most looking for? You said that you have your eyes toward like future political ambitions mm-hmm. um, because you are very invested in my words that I'm using and you can, yeah. you can tell me if I'm off, but you're very invested in improving the conditions, the material conditions of people's lives mm-hmm. for like the least of these. Like if we yeah. can change things such that the person is suffering the worst of X, like that is how we can measure progress. Yeah. So um, what do you most, what, what most brings you alive when you think about your ability to do that going forward, like developing a political career? Um, I honestly, I think it's just the passion of young people. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing how much growth just I've been able to have in the past year mm-hmm. and the privilege that comes with that, mm-hmm. I think looking at our education systems, looking at how we can equip young people when they turn 18 and when they turn, you know, turn 23 or however old you are when you graduate college, mm-hmm. um, of really equipping you with the tools to be, a part of the community. I hmm, think, hmm, hmm. I think right now it's, you know, depending on the college you go to, it's very different outcomes. Yeah. You know, there's colleges that, you know, are saying, we can care less if you're a part of a community. Mm-hmm. We're here to give you a degree and then send you on your way ah, to ah. go work for, you know, corp, corp job, corp a, like, yeah, you know, McKinsey. desk job. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, the only value you bring is your, ability to work Mm. and i think it's it's like wait 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 a minute Mm. we're not setting up our people for success Mm. we're setting them up to be pawns of the economic system that we have so hey you know i'm lucky to be able to go to ss state where that's not what they teach Mm. we're not here to teach you how to do a job Mm. we're here to teach you how to be developed educated developed Mm -hmm. strong independent young person Mm -hmm. who is able to then take that knowledge and information mm-hmm. and be able to change the world. Ah, ah. So that's, I think the mindset we got to put ourselves in. Mm. That's the mindset. I think that our higher education system and our education, our K through 12 system in general mm-hmm. should lead you up to, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that we should have a civics curriculum that doesn't tell you how important it is to vote, mm. you know, cause that's what it is right now. Mm. We're just, it's like, eh, if you vote younger then you're really more willing to vote but mm. then they just like well there's no emphasis on that uh-uh. it's like well we got to get our young people out mm. and organize in the streets mm-hmm. because if they're not mm-hmm. then they're going to be 
a part, you know, they're going to be victim to the, to what, you know, their parents before them were, mm-hmm. you know, just working to survive. Mm-hmm. And I think that the faster that we acknowledge the barriers and how we're able to get over them, mm-hmm. and the faster we're able to actually make those changes in our society and hopefully get to a better future. Sure. Cause sure. that's, you know, I think that's what we can all agree on. It's just that things aren't working. Yeah. So we got to make sure that we are able to get to something or a society or anything that actually values human life huh. and values people huh. over profits uh. and values people over corporate interests and mm. special interests. Mm. Cause you know, it's all about people Hmm. and that's how we gotta i think we gotta keep our mindset on now if that young man doesn't end up winning his race for president of associated students i will be upset Oh, also, little update, uh, he did get into the MPA program, so yay! I hope he holds me to my commitment because I will be disappointed if I never get a chance to canvas for him. Just saying, just putting it out there. (laughs) Okay, do me a favor and subscribe and share. You know you wanna! (laughs) Okay, see you next week.